Well, good morning. Come on now, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? You gotta make a little bit of noise. Man, it is so good to see you guys. We want to welcome you to Barrel Life Church. And wow, what an incredible, incredible weekend. I'm telling you what, all the way from Ashland to Grayson to Moorhead, we are one church in three locations. And the three locations was able this weekend, as you heard a little bit about yesterday, serve and bless our communities. And I'm telling you what, I really believe that our communities are going to be impacted because of your obedience, just to love on your city, and just to love in your community, all the way again from Ashland and Grayson and here in Moorhead, and it was really fun. We, you know, my wife, I told her, I said, pick whatever one you wanna do, and that's the one we'll go, and so she picked that we'd go help clean up Sheltoe Trace, and get on the, the, get outside in the woods, and, and she didn't know exactly what we we're gonna do when we got there, and I'm telling you what, that really wasn't work for her. That's like her love language, right? You got trees, a path, and in the middle of the, in the forest, and so, you know, she was enjoying it, having fun, and so I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, you know, I, I got like a hoe and a shovel, and, and, I, and I met my new friend, John. John's sitting over here on the front row, and I, I saw him, when I saw him like this, walking around, like all these muscles he's got on him, I was like, if a bear comes, I'm going to John, because he's gonna protect me and take care of me. And so anyway, it was so much fun getting out and serving our community and having fun. And so thank you for everyone who participated. And uh, if you're not able to make it, it's okay. You don't have to have a church event to love your city and to love your community. And so I would encourage you, if you find something that beats your heart, beats for your home, do something about it. Get out and make a difference in the city. And if you're wondering, what are you talking about? If you missed last week, go and watch the sermon. It, it, it would kind of help you understand what it looks like to really love on your City. So today we kick off a brand new series called uh, Foundations, right? You saw, right? A foundation. And, and we're going to get back to the basics in this series, and we're going to look at some really incredible things of how to read your Bible, why you read your Bible, what is prayer, what does it really mean to pray, how do you pray, what happens when you pray? You know, what happens when you begin to open up God's Word and read? And then we're going to talk about how do we resist and fight temptation because every single one of us will be tempted for the rest of our life. And so when temptation comes away, what do we do about it? How do we fight it? How do we resist it? How do we say no so that we don't go on into the sin in our life? And so I'm telling you, it's going to be such a great series. I know a lot of you are going to be traveling and vacation, all that stuff. So that's why I'm so thankful for our online and our online audience and also uh, for our app that you can just keep in touch with us. So are you excited about being here today? I mean, I'm excited about being here. I hope you are too. We're going to jump into this today in this kind of a teaching series So I'm really Really looking forward to it as we walk through how, what does it look like to really, you know, study and get in God's word. Because here's the reality, I really want you to learn how to feed yourself. You know, a lot of times we come and you'll hear people say, and I understand what they mean, and they say, hey, I'm gonna go try out this church, or I'm gonna go to this church, or I like, you know, I like listening because I, I wanna get fed. Now, you've said that, right? And in fact, that's one of the responsibilities that we're to teach God's word and to feed. But listen, it's not so that you can just come for 30 minutes a week and get fed and wait till next week for another meal. The reality is that's what most people do. They come, they get a message that's been regurgitated, for you to eat, and then all of a sudden you don't eat anymore all through the week until Sunday comes and you put your Sunday dress on and you come back out and you wonder what just why you feel malnutrition. You've wondered what malnourished. You wonder why you don't you, you feel weak. You wonder why you can't resist temptation in your life. You worry about how how come I'm I'm fragile when it comes to the spiritual life. And that's what we're gonna talk about in this series foundation, getting really back to the basics because I want you to learn how to feed yourself. Most people, they depend on other people to feed them. 
And that's okay in the beginning, right? That's okay in the beginning. When you have a children, right? You feed them, feed them. But there comes a point you ask them, watch this, to mature and grow up and feed yourself. You want them to learn how to feed themselves. But then you have the other camp who always wants to go deeper, right? So, so you have people say, well, I'm not getting fed. I want to go deeper. And some say, I want to go deep. I want to go deep. I want to go deep. What does it mean to go deep? Like, I always ask that question. You know, you're like, I just want to go deeper. What do you mean by that? Well, I just want to go deeper. I don't understand. What do you mean by that? And see, here's the reality. Most people believe deepness is, uh, is achieved by knowledge. If I had more, if I just knew the Bible more, if I just had more knowledge. Well, folks, the most religious people in the Bible, all the Pharisees, they had all the knowledge in the world when it comes to the Scripture. All the knowledge. But they missed it. So what do you mean when you want to go deep? Deepness is not brought on by knowledge. Deepness comes into your life when you begin to apply the knowledge. You want transformation in your life? You got to apply. You can know, listen, I believe that most people know more about the Bible than they actually do with the Bible. It's not about what you know, it's about how you apply or how do you apply what you know. So when somebody comes to me and they say, I wanna go deep, I kind of for a moment there, I understand kind of where they're getting through, I chuckle a little bit inside because I don't think they really truly understand what they mean by that. But basically what a lot of, mo most people, I can't speak for everyone, but here's what most people, they said they wanna go deep. Pastor, teach me something about the Bible that I don't know, but I'm not gonna do nothing with it. That's what deepness is. Deepness, if you wanna go deep, listen to me, sir. Love your wife the way Christ loves the church. You wanna go deep, go forgive the person who hurt you and wronged you. You wanna go deep, you're not even tithing. You, you see what I'm saying? I wanna go deep, Pastor. I wanna go deep in God's word. Then pray for your enemy. <laughs> I don't wanna go that deep, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't going that deep, right? I definitely ain't going that. You wanna go deep, serve people. Humble yourself and serve people. You see, deepness comes by, watch this, applying God's word to your life, not knowledge. And so many people, they say, listen, I wanna be fed or I wanna go deep, and they're missing it. They don't know how to feed themselves or they get misunderstanding what deepness in the scripture. That's why Jesus says, listen, come to me all who are weary and, and, and burdened by the, watch this, the knowledge and the impressions of the Pharisee. But my yoke, my teaching as a rabbi is light and it's bird, burdenless. It's not gonna push you down where you can't do it. Watch, it's gonna help you be able to live the way that I want you to live. So obedience is the key to transformation in your life. I love this, the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 5 this, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again. Here it goes, watch this. The basic things about God's word, and that's what we're gonna be doing this year, is going back to the basic things about God's words because you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Here's what he's saying. You have been Christians for so long and you can't even feed yourself. You need to learn to become a self-feeder and feed yourself, and that's what we're gonna do and get back. And some of you are doing a great job at it, some of you are doing a poor job at it, and some of you are all in between going, man, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Listen, this is gonna be a great series for you because we're gonna get back to the basics of what it looks like to getting back to the basics things of God's word. I love what he says right here. Back to the basic things, watch this, of God's word, which means this, can I trust God's word? Let's just really quick, just before we jump into the application parts, can God's word truly be trusted? 
How do I know that a bunch of men who wrote the Bible, who, 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 who we say that God told them to write this together, how in the world can we fully put our faith and trust in God's word? But here's just a few things real quick. This is not a, a, a series of, of trying to help you convince you of why we should trust God's word, but let me just give you just a couple things real quick. One, the unity of the Bible. This is, un, this is unprecedented and, and, and is unbelievable, the unity of the Bible. The Bible was written for over a period of 1,600 years. 1,600 years, 40 different authors, three different continents. This is amazing, really. Three different continents and three different languages. Over a course of that period of time, and all the unity of the scripture, there's still one hero, his name is Jesus, there is one villain, and that's the devil, and there's only one purpose, and it was all for the glory of God. So however, across of 1,600 years, 66 different books, 40 different authors, three different languages, three different continents, and the unity of the Bible is unprecedented. So just by looking at the unity of the Bible, we're going, well, somebody just didn't sit around and organize this and put this together to make it all just happen to come together. No, it was God. And then we look at the prophecies, and all you math people out there, you know the probability of how in the world for 300 prophecies, over 300 prophecies fulfilled in one person named Jesus, you know what the math probability of that, even, even just, the, just the remote, like how can 300 prophecies be fulfilled in one person? It's fascinating, unbelievable, just look at prophecy. And here's a big one for all you scientists out there, scientifically, how we can trust the Bible. I love this, Job, the book of Job, if you heard of the book of Job, some of you call it Job, because like I need a job, right? I'm looking for a job, Job chapter 27, right? Like, no, it's Job, okay, the book of Job. It's okay, work on the Bear Life Church, we're glad you're here. And so, the book of Job, arguably, Historians and scholars will tell you it's probably the oldest written piece of, of information we have out of all the information on the planet. If you go back and say, what's the first journal, the first words that ever been pinned to paper or stone or papyri, whatever you wanna call it, everyone with, not everyone, most of your most conservative scholars across all the world would say, the oldest piece of writing that we would have is found in the book of Job. It's actually the book of Job. In fact, scholars believe the book of Job was written, was the first thing written in the Bible, but how God places it, or not how God, but how men placed it in the Bible to canonize, that's a whole nother whole story. But just, just follow with me. I want you to write what, I want you to hear what Job wrote. If that is true, the oldest piece of literature, the oldest writing that someone in their journal had a thought and wrote down, listen to what Job says. God stretches the northern sky over the empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. How in the world did Job know that the earth is suspended in space on nothing? How did he know that? I want you, I mean, come on, come on, let's just think about this, scientific. How in the world, for the oldest piece of writing that we have, all the way back then, how in the world did Job know that the earth is suspended on nothing? It's okay, it's church, the answer is God. Okay, it's all right, like, God, because God told him. And you think, well, how, well, that's obvious. No, 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 watch this, watch this. Isaiah says this, Isaiah, 2,600 years ago, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, it says, God sits above, watch this, the circumference, the circle of the earth. How in the world 
did Isaiah know 2,600 years ago that the earth was round? I mean, we still have people today believe it's flat, but that's another whole message too we get to. How in the world did he know that? Because remember me, we thought that eventually we'd go to the end of the, the sea, the ocean, and we would fall off a cliff. They had no idea that the planet was round. How did he know that 2,600 years ago? How would he wrote that down in his journal that we have in the book of the Bible that it was circle? God again. Okay, ah, right, two for two, right? God told him. So scientifically, we look, and we know we laugh at that, but you know the Greeks at the time, they believed that there's a, there's a great giant named Atlas, and Atlas is what held the earth up. They used to, they believe that. Do you know that Hindus believe that the earth was on the back of a giant elephant in our universe? And then someone raised their hand and said, who's the elephant standing on? Literally. And the Hindus went back and said, you know, um, um, you know what? They're actually standing, the elephant is standing up on the back of a giant turtle. I'm not making this up. And then that guy again. Who's the turtle standing on? And here's what they concluded. There's a serpent going through the sea of the universe with a turtle on its back, with an elephant on its back, holding up the earth. I'm not making fun, I'm just saying that's the, that was the rationale. But God told Job, before anything that's ever been written that we know, that have historical documentation, that the earth is suspending on nothing. Folks, scientifically, just scientifically, we can look and see. You know, they used to think back, you know, early BC there, past before Jesus came to the scene, that they, they counted the stars. They said there was 112 stars. Like, no, 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 I counted 125 stars. And now what do we have? They said that out of the two, you know, two trillion galaxies, and they, they came up to some crazy, crazy amount of number of, of stars that there's like two sextrillion, and yes, that's a word, sextrillion stars. To help you put that in perspective, that's taking a cup, one cup of water, measuring cup, dipping out of the ocean, and pouring it over here 10 times of every water supply on the planet. You can't count them. Yet Jeremiah 33 verse 22 says, the stars of the skies are numerous and cannot even be counted. How did he know that? Because God told him. So scientifically, prophecy, unity, and I know I spent way too much time on that, but I, I want you to understand that you can trust God's word to speak into your life. In fact, that's why it's the reason it's the authority of my life. I love this. We can have a whole sermon right here. Here's a sermon, a five-point sermon, and I got another five, four points, so it's like a nine-point. So anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want you to look at this. I want you to look at this. It says, all Scripture. Everybody say all. They didn't have the New Testament then. So what Scripture is Paul talking about? The, the prophets. Moses, his writings. What we have now is the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament Bible at this point. 
And at this time, inspired by God, he says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, to correct us when we are wrong, to teach us what to do is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Oh my gosh, there are so much things. And that, let me tell you, if you don't hear anything else, let me tell you why we should get in God's word and read God's word. Look what it says right here just real quick. One, to teach us what is true. You need to know what is true. You wanna know what is true? Get in God's word. And when you know the truth, when a lie comes, you know that's a lie. It's like people who study counterfeit money, they don't study counterfeit money, they study the real money. They study the real thing. And if you study the real thing enough, you'll know automatically when something fake and counterfeit, counterfeit is in your hand. Study the truth, so when something false comes, you'll know it's obvious it's false, it's wrong. It says right here, it will teach us what is true. I love this, watch this, it will convict you when you're wrong. See, that's why a lot of people don't wanna get in God's word because it convicts them. I don't wanna read that part about loving your wife like Christ. I don't wanna read that part about praying for your enemies. Let's just skip that part. Let's go to the Red Sea. <laughs> like, let's get to that part right there. Like, I'm, that, that tithing, whoop, that's not in my book. You know what I'm saying? God didn't write, man wrote that one, right? That's the church that wants to do that. Like, we wanna skip over verses that when it begins to convict us. But the scripture was given to convict us, and I love this. Let me help set some of you free. The devil guilts you, God convicts you, and there's a difference. When you feel guilty and you want to run and hide, that's from the devil. God will never guilt you, God convicts you, and watch this, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And when he convicts us, then you don't care because God has convicted you and you just confess. Like here, when you wanna run and hide and you feel shame and you feel guilty and you feel like you need to keep this secretive, listen, that's from the devil. So there's a difference between guilt and conviction. God convicts his children, God convicts his people. And then when we get in God's word, watch this, it will convict me when I'm wrong, but I love this about the Bible. It won't only just convict me when I'm wrong, it says, but it will correct me and tell me what to do to make it right. So they ain't just like gonna beat me up and leave me to lay there. It's gonna like, listen, I'm gonna tell you what's true. I'm gonna convict you when you're out of line and when you're wrong. I'm gonna correct you and show you how to do it. And I love that. He said, I will show us what to do and what to do is right. And then on top of all that, I'm gonna use my word to prepare you, to equip you, to fulfill your purpose. That alone right there should give you all the reasons why you should get in God's word and start reading it and become a self-feeder and begin to feed yourself. We must learn to study God's word. Why? Because Jesus says in Matthew 4, people do not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from God's mouth. Now let me tell you the difference between uh, devotional reading and Bible study. What's the difference between Bible reading and Bible study? Let me tell you the difference, a pen. When I study God's word, I'm gonna take notes and I got a pen and I'm gonna study it. When I'm just gonna read God's word devotionally, that's where I'm just gonna open up my scriptures, take a few minutes, and I'm just gonna read God's word. But when I'm gonna study God's word, I'm gonna grab a pen and I'm gonna grab a notebook because God will speak to me. God, what do you want? God wants to share things with you. Are you ready to capture it? Are you ready to see what God wants to speak into your life? And the main reason, one of the main reasons we do all this is because this is where we have fellowship time with God, when God will fellowship with us. And if you're not getting God's word, you're missing out on fellowship time with God and you will live a weak Christian life. And you're wondering why you keep giving in to temptation. You're wondering why the enemy keeps beating you up. We need to get in God's word. So let me share this with you in the next few moments that we have. What happens, I've already, hopefully, the Holy Spirit's worked your life to say, listen, now I can trust God's word and there's some things, listen, I don't understand about the Bible, it's okay, it's all right. I don't, I don't, like, I don't understand that, but it's okay. I don't have to understand. God's not calling me to understand. I just come and have faith in him. 
Understanding all the, all the things about the Bible is not what saved me. It's putting my faith and trust in Jesus. He came, he died, he got up out of the grave for me is what saves me. So I'm trying to figure like his ways are higher away. His minds are higher than our mind. We're not gonna understand and figure out God. If you're here to go on, once I figure out God, then I may give my life to him, then you'll never. Because we can't understand fully, and just can't, the capacity of our mind can understand God. But we can't understand what he has revealed to us. Because there's some things that God hasn't revealed to us and we won't know on this side of eternity. And watch this, that's okay. Most people want to fight and argue over things that God has not even revealed. And, but no one knows. We just have to trust what he has revealed to us. So what happens in my life, and this is why I hope you will just, hopefully that before you leave here, you will be inspired to go get in God's word. So, and not just be a, a listen to on, on Sunday morning. I'm so glad you do that. And not just get listen to a message once a week, but you'll learn to feed yourself. Like, I want you to learn to feed yourself. And so what happens when I read my Bible? I will say this too, real quickly. This is the, we'll talk about prayer next week on what, how to pray and why we should pray and what it looks like. But this is the number one way that God wants to speak to you. If you're not in God's word, you're missing the number one way he wants to speak to you. If you say, I wanna hear God, get in God's word. I wanna hear God's voice, then read the Bible out loud. Because this is what he sent to us and what he has for us. So we wanna talk about how to get, so what happens when I read my Bible? Four things really quick. Number one, when I read God's word, I worship Jesus. When I get in the Bible, it's an act of worship. I want you to understand that. Don't, worship is just not singing, and it's not just instrumentation. Worship is bigger. Worship is a lifestyle. And I don't have, this is not a whole worship message. We'll get to that. But when I get in God's word, I worship Jesus in fellowship when I get in God's word. The Bible says in John chapter four, verse 23, Jesus says, the time is coming, and indeed the time is now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and, watch this, in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship in that way. What way? Spirit and in truth. When I walk in the spirit and in the spirit and I'm in truth and walking in truth, it's an act of worship. When I get to, my, when I get to God's word, this is truth. And so when I come into truth, when I come into God's word, and I come in hungry for the Spirit to show me what? To guide me, to convict me, to help me, to prepare me for what God has for me. When I come with that attitude in the Spirit, I'm worshiping in spirit while I'm in the truth. When I get in God's word, watch this, it's an act of worship. I begin to worship Jesus when I get in the Scripture. And I approach it that way. I want to. And God longs for us to get in the Scripture. He longs for us to get in truth. He longs for us to worship him. Number two, and this is the big one, is that I get direction from Jesus. I get direction from Jesus. So many people say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm trying to make a decision. Pastor, this. And the reality is, listen, God will confirm it in his word. Like, whatever you're seeking in your life, you gotta get in God's word. Like, I'm not talking big decisions, little decisions. If you need to, unless God brings peace and shows you in his word. Now, if you're reading through your scripture and it says, thou shalt go to Moorhead State University, listen, that is not God's word. Something's, something's not right, that's a wrong translation because I can't find that in, the, in here, right? So you're just like, God, so God says, you should go work at such and such hospital. It probably won't say that. If it does, you need to talk to me about it, okay? Someone kind of wrote that in there some scribe, all right, wrote that on, on the side, right? It's not gonna give you that specific. But when you get in God's word and begin to breathe God's word and all of a sudden God has scripture jump off at the pages and peace comes in your life as you've been praying through a decision, God will begin to use that to apply into your life. And so you will get direction from God when you get in his word. Psalms 25 says this, 
Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I'm gonna put my hope and I'm gonna trust in you. God, show me the right path. Psalms 139, search me, O God. Know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends you and lead me. You see this, I get before God, I repent before God, my heart gets cleansed before God, and then when my heart is cleansed, look what the psalmist says. He says, lead me on the path. And I say this to our staff, I say this all the time when people talk to me, they're trying to make big decisions, and let me help you out if you're trying to make decisions. Here's what I believe, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a well, I guess they have a little bit of scriptures. It doesn't say, here's what I tell them. If you will stay clean and close to Jesus, he'll never lead you astray. Listen to me, if you'll stay clean and close to Jesus. Now, let me explain clean real quick. When I gave my life to Jesus, he forgave me of all my sin. Folks, all, past, present, future, all my sins were future on the cross because I wasn't even born yet. He forgave me of all my sins. So from my salvation standpoint, I have been cleansed with the blood of Jesus. He's adopted me from a foreigner and he's now put me in the family of God. I am secured in Christ, I'm in the family and the scripture says in the present tense that he is constantly cleansing me because I am saved. So when God sees me in me, he sees his son in me who has covered me. And every single person has repented of their sin and put their faith in Jesus. That is your benefit. He is clean. And so he, he, I'm, I'm, heaven, so I'm heaven bound. So salvation is secured in Christ but I still blow it and I still sin and so do you. So someone asked me one time, then why do I confess my sins if I've already been forgiven of all my sin? Now let me explain this real quick. I don't confess my sins to be saved again. I'm saved. I confess my sins, watch this, for the fellowship of God in my life. And if there's sin between me and God, he's my dad now. He's my adopted into his family. He's my father. You can't undo that DNA. I'm in his family. So when I sin now as part of the family of God, the reason I confess my sin, I don't have to go to a priest. I don't have to go to anybody to confess it. I have a high priest. His name is Jesus. And you don't have to come to me to confess your sin. When I confess it, watch this, it restores the broken fellowship, not my relationship. I'm a family. I'm a son. And so here's what I tell people, if you'll stay clean, and how do you do that? Here's why I, I don't know, I just came to my mind one time, was rapid repentance, rapid repentance. When you blow it, confess it. When you blow it, confess it. When you blow it, if you'll stay clean and you'll stay close to Jesus, he'll never lead you astray. I don't care how far down the path you go of, on that job interview, I don't care how far down the path you go into that relationship, if that is not God's will and you are clean and you are close to Jesus, he will not allow you to stumble. He will stop you. He will stop it, something will intervene. Yes, he gives us free will, and when we choose to rebel against God, and we choose to, I'll show God, I'll do my things the right way, God will let us walk down that path. But folks, when you stay clean and close to Jesus, he will never lead you astray. And so listen, when and you see what the psalmist says, search me, O God, know my heart, and once my heart is pure, show me your path, because you'll never lead me astray, and I'll be exactly where you want me to be. Don't care what the city is, don't care what the job is, don't care what the location is. God, whatever you wanna do, the answer is yes, and if you'll stay clean and close to Jesus. So every time somebody comes and asks me, I'm praying for a big decision, I need to do something, I quickly say, listen, get clean and close to Jesus. 
he'll never lead you astray. And you can't be clean without repentance. So you repent. Rapid repentance. You blow it, you confess it. You sin, you confess it. Because you're going to continue to sin until you die. I bully, I said this to somebody last night, to a friend last night. You'll never get to the point in your life where you're sinless. Now, some of you may laugh at that, but there is a teaching in one of our mainline denominations that says you can come to holiness and perfectionism and perfectionist, and that you can get to a point in your life where you never sin again on the planet while you're here on earth. I don't believe you'll ever get to the point where you become sinless, but I do believe you can get to the point where you begin to sin less because you're aware of the devil and the tactics and the way he comes as you mature in Christ. So the point is what? To become more like Jesus, which we'll get to that just in a moment. Following after Jesus. I love this, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. You get clean and close. Seek his will and all that you do, watch this, and he will show you which path to take. I have stories after stories after stories how God has intervened in my life. I'm talking physically, the presence of the Holy Spirit stopping me physically stopping me from allowing me to make a decision that I thought that that was the path I should go down and that's what he had for me. He said, nope, this is what I have for you. Stay clean and close, I'm telling you, and he will show you exactly what to do. Here's a third one, a reason why what happens in your life and you should get in God's word is that it will actually gain delight in Jesus. There's joy that comes from knowing Jesus. There's delight, I'm gonna use that word. We don't use that word delight anymore. But I wanna share this with you. In Psalms 37, it says, take delight in the Lord. Take joy in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Do you, know, do that, do you see how amazing that is? I will give you the desires of your heart when you take delight and joy in Jesus. Because I'll tell you what, if you have delighted yourself in Jesus, if you have fellowship in Jesus, and you're enjoying your relationship, your fellowship in Jesus, your motives and probably things you're asked are not gonna be selfish. Your heart's desires. Because the hardest prayers to pray in your life are prayers that benefit you and your family. Because there's a fine line of a motive. God, I want this job, I really want this job, I really pray I get this job, why? Because it pays 10 more thousand dollars a year. I need 10 more thousand dollars a year. It's a hard prayer, ain't it? Ooh, your motive. But I, but I want the jet ski, you know what I'm saying? Like, please, Lord, like, like, or I got a kid going to college. Man, 10 more thousand, 10 more thousand. Surely God wants me to have that job, some more money. It's God's will. We get really spiritual when it comes to money, don't we? When it's an increase. But it might not be what God has for you. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will grant you the desires of your heart, the scripture tells us. The secret of real joy, though, is really knowing God personally. Personally. And many Christians, they spend a miserable life because honestly, they never spend time in God's presence. How do you get to know someone? You gotta spend time with them and you gotta communicate with them. It leads me to my last point. Why you need to get in God's word is because I will grow more like Jesus. And that's the ultimate goal. It's a big fancy theological word for that. It's called sanctification. Where God sanctifies me, he makes me more and more like Jesus. And that's what God wants to do in your life. And that's what happens when I begin to get in God's word. Jesus tells them in John 17, he says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Get in God's word, which is true. I love, you know, Peter says in First, First Peter chapter two, it says, like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk. Do you see that? 
like newborn babies, crave the spiritual milk so that you will what? Grow. Grow. You want to grow? Grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this type of nourishment in God's word. So the ultimate goal of a quiet time is to fellowship with God and to become more and more like Jesus. Well, let me tell you the number one reason why people don't read their Bible, the number one reason is because they, never have, they don't have a strategy. They don't have a plan and they don't know where to start. Oh man, it's the gosh, Lee, I'm like, where'd I flip a verse and let's start reading about Okay, if you're gonna follow the law, you need to be circumcised. Ooh, I don't wanna read that Bible. No, not that one. Dear goodness. Here's another one. Okay, what's this one? Be generous with, ooh, don't wanna be, <laughs> I don't know where to start, man. It's just overwhelming. Like, this is crazy. And most people, and, and we laugh about it, but the most people, the reality is, they say this, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. And so some practical things you can do. You can follow a simple plan. Let me encourage you what to Select this time. Try to be consistent with that time. For you, it could be your lunch break, your lunch time that you have. You, for some, it's right before you go to bed. It's the only time the quietness, the kids are quiet. For some of you, are early risers. You made it get up in the morning, just 10, 15 minutes extra earlier before you start your day. So, okay, I'm gonna spend that little time. Find a certain time. Try to be consistent with the time. Choose a place. It's gonna be right here in, or in the basement or upstairs or in the corner of my room or, or in the living room or in my favorite recliner. For some of you, just call it what it is, it's in the bathroom. And you got a shelf there. And you spend 20 minutes there. It's a bad visual, I know. <laughs> bad visual. Scrolling on your phone. Come on now, I'm preaching. I see those hands. I see those, I'm preaching somebody. But no, 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 I can scroll for 20 minutes, put it down. It's just, it's just read. I got a moment, it's quiet. She was like, find a place. It's worth it. God will do some crazy transformation things in your life. I would encourage you, if you're just starting out, find a good, uh, an easy translation to start with, to begin to understand an easier translation. Find a pen and a journal, unless because God speaks something to you, you wanna write it down. And today, I, I want you to know, today, live on our app, if you don't have our app, it's one of the greatest ways to keep up. We send out app notifications. We have a, a monthly calendar. If you wanna keep in the know of what's going on at Bear Life Church, you need to get the app and you get on our monthly calendar because we send out everything that's happened so you know. Just be in the know. You wanna be in the know? We love for you to be. We talk about our series that are coming up. We talk about baptisms coming up, events coming up, things that we're doing. Like, I don't know what's going on. Get in that. And if we don't have your information, it might be the reason why you haven't subscribed to the calendar. But here's something that we do, it's really simple. We teach our youth this, we teach kids this. It's very easy, we call it SOAP. We have some information in, in, in the next step areas for that. But basically, is we're gonna get a scripture, we're gonna find a scripture, and we're gonna look at the scripture. We're gonna just find a passage. And so today, live on our, on our app, we're putting up the book of 1 Thessalonians. There's five chapters, and we're gonna do a five-day devotion, five days, starting tomorrow. It's gonna be live today. We got a plan for you. Read one chapter a day. Take you four minutes for each chapter, max five. Read it. We have the scripture lined up for you. What happens if I miss a day? When people miss a day, they give up and they quit. But come on. When you miss a meal or skip a meal, you don't stop eating, do you? It's gonna happen. Life's gonna get crazy and you're gonna miss a day. It's okay, pick right back up. Pick right. But I feel so guilty, I stopped it right in the middle of the plane, I can't miss. Remember, the devil makes you feel guilty. Pick back up where you left off. Find the scripture. And then we call it soap. So there's the O, observe. 
You ask questions like, what's going on? Where's the location? Who's involved in this? When did this happen? How? Why? Start asking some questions. We have some resources. We'll help you walk right through that. And then uh, application, the A. This is the key, though. Without application, there's no transformation. I don't care how much knowledge you have. In fact, that's the key. Satan does not care if you read your Bible or if you study the Bible. The only thing he cares about, if you apply your Bible. And when you begin to apply it in your life, that's when transformation begins to take place. That makes you what? More like Jesus. And then we pray. We pray. SOAP, S-O-A-P. Very easy. Get you a plan. We have all the resources. So this week, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna make it, and I know what some saying, I don't like to read. You, when I say that, you know I'm, that's a man, right? That's a man saying that. <laughs> I don't like to read. Listen, I'm gonna invite you five days. Five days. If you don't like to read, there's thousands of Bible apps, and they'll read it to you. Sit in your truck before you go to work. Take your phone, scroll up, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. There's a little play button right there. Click play, and you can follow along, and it will read it to you, and you can read just watch it. You can sit it there and just listen for five minutes and say, God, speak to me. What I'm trying to say, listen to me, sir, you have no excuse. You could be read to, or you could read the scripture. The reality is this, get in God's word, see what he has to say to do. You could do this. I love this, I'll end with this quote. D.L. Moody, one of my heroes, one of my favorite preachers, he said, the Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge, the Bible was given to change our lives. And that's transformation that comes when we get in God's word. And that's really a lot of times the reason the enemy doesn't want us to make excuses not to get in God's word. Because if we apply it, you become more like Jesus. And if we become more like Jesus, watch this, we begin to change the world. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. My prayer today is that you will leave hopefully inspired to say, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna jump in, I'm gonna get in God's word. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start. Five t- days, I can do this. Five chapters, I can do this. I don't like to read, it's okay. Let it read to you. We have everything here to help you at all of our next step areas, at all the resource tables. We're here to help you do anything we can to take your next step. And when hundreds and hundreds of people get in God's word, I'm telling you what, transformation is gonna take place. So I wanna encourage you today to do that. And maybe at any of our locations, you showed up today and you've been questioning, asking your thoughts about this God thing. And today for something, something that was said that the Holy Spirit began to work in your life and open up your eyes and says, you know what, I need to give my life to this Jesus. The Bible is true, unity-wise, prophetic, scientifically. We can trust it. Jesus did come for me. He did die for me. He did get up out of the grave for me. So if that's you today, I'm gonna ask you right now that you would just cry out to the Lord and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me, I believe you died for me, and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, today I give my life to you. Listen, if that's you, over you're online at one of our campuses, if you and, you and you cried out to the Lord to give your life to him, please let us know. We wanna celebrate with you. We have some reading plans. If you need a, if you need a Bible, we have one at the resource area. You need a reading plan? We have one at the resource. We have everything you need in our next step area. Please go check it out because we're here to help you and serve you. That's the mission of our church. Watch this. It's to help you follow Jesus so that you can experience an abundant life, a full life. We like to say a better life than you ever dreamed of.
Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to just to open up your scripture. I'm just reminded, Lord, of the underground church, even in China, where they tear out pages of the Bible and have one page. And they read it over and over and over. And they pass that one page around underground in secrecy to learn more about you. And God, here in America, we have 10 Bibles on our bookshelves collecting dust. I pray, God, that we'll be men and women who would see the privilege that we have to open up your word, to get into your word, to study your word, but more important, to apply it. So that true transformation can take place in our lives. God, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you do. For it's your name we ask and pray. Amen.